0: Entertaining new possibilities. The Palace Theatre, your palace, your place. Shows for the whole family. Waterberry Palace,
1: your palace, your place.
0: Waterberry Palace
2: Theatre, your palace, your place.
3: Good, good morning, and it's not going to be a good Friday morning. It's good Wednesday morning. and we Oh, Thursday. <laughs> it's Thursday, Thursday morning. <laughs> skipping okay. a beat. <laughs> this has been a crazy week, but I'm Shiri Marcucci, your host from Your Palace, Your Place, presented by the Palace Theater right here in wonderful Waterbury. And we have a, this is a special edition, actually, of Your Palace, Your Place. And it's an exciting um, morning because we have in studio, I, I'm, I was joking when we were off air, I'm saying... I said, I've got to balance these three alpha males that I have sitting with me this morning. But the the top dog, I, for me anyway, has to be Frank Tavera, the CEO of the Palace Theater. You're a smart woman, Sherry. There you <laughs> go. Yes. Thank you. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I got to get credit yeah, for absolutely. something, Frank. So, <laughs>
2: Payday's <and>, tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> but Frank is our um, uber uber talented um, leader at the Palace Theater, and he is the guy who brings us all the wonderful Broadway series shows. And we're here this morning to announce our 1920. I can't believe it. Our 15th season. 15th. 15th season of Broadway shows that um, we've been bringing to not only Waterbury but the greater uh, uh, region in Connecticut and beyond even. So Frank, in a moment, is going to. Da, 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 yeah. We're going to start to um, reveal, the big reveal. And also in studio, I asked one of, I know, our listeners' favorite guests uh, for your Palliser place, Stuart Brown, who is dean of uh, students at UConn-Waterbury, but in his other guys, he is... <laughs> (laughs) The host and creator of a podcast called On Broadway, and he is also a legitimate theater critic who goes into New York very often to see everything under the sun. He's also what I like to refer to as a savant when it comes to our Broadway trivia, and yes, he has some questions prepared for us this morning. So he's going to kind of give us some color on the show's background and detail, uh, the shows as Frank announces them, and we discuss what they're about. And, of course, we have, who will probably have a few things to interject, the king of culture. So, the empresario, the king of culture, and Stuart is the the dean of theater. So, here we go. Awesome. (laughs) So, Frank. Yes, ma'am. Um, let's roll it out. Which which is up first on our um, Broadway series starting in October, right? Okay,
2: starting in October, yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Sherry. Um, we're excited. I mean, you mentioned the fact that we are starting our 15th season, which I think you need to take a second to realize that we have been doing this for that long, unbelievable. Um, and we've seen growth and we've seen um, exciting programs across across um, the stage, uh, which it, it's all been part of the plan. So I'm glad to say, you know, we're we're en- entering into our Fifteenth year with an exciting title ahead of us. So um, it's been fun. It's been hard um, work, but we're really um, proud of like what's going on. We'll be presenting moving forward. Go
3: and and before you even announce, I want to keep people on the edge of their seats here. But. The question always comes up, how do we get the shows? And so do you want to speak to that a little bit before you announce the, how do you, you're working on what What we're presenting next season, you've been working on for several years.
2: For, for oh, it's been a while um, in, in the process. And basically, I mean, this really is a product of what is being delivered out of, um, presented out of Broadway, out of New York first, um, is basically what they call routed. I mean, they will look at the titles that are going out for the 1920 season. We're kind of kind of get ourselves into that mindset. They are the uh, producers. They, they and the producers um, and the agents behind them. And they're looking at seeing what, what is taking place, where are they going to go throughout the country, and how much support is there for the titles that they're looking at. Mm-hmm. So what they'll do is they'll do what's called a ghost route. And that would be uh, almost a year um, in advance. And they'll say, if a title is going out, how many markets would be interested in seeing it? Is there enough critical mass? Is there enough demand um, for that title? And if there is so, then let's plot it out across the country and try to get a minimum of 40 weeks of engagement for these shows to take place. So once that has been determined, what the title is, is there critical mass, is there interest, then they start plotting. And truly, they'll plot geographically. They'll okay. say the tour is going to open up in the west in the, um, in the fall, it's going to work its way east through the spring, and then they will, they will just plot the tour from one city to the next, given realistic drive times for mm-hmm. the tour to be able to make the quote-unquote jump. So if they start in San Francisco, they may go down to Sacramento, then San Diego. They'll continue to move either, you know, north south east or west regardless of the direction but in a reasonable amount of drive time so they can close one night take a break and then open up in two days so that's where it all plays out so for us it's um, a it's quite the puzzle because we need to have an interest in the title, we need to have a calendar that is available when their title um, is coming through our area, and we're also having to compete with other markets who might have interest in that title. So it's all a lot of moving pieces, um, and then you hope that by the time you get to spring of the season in advance that you're announcing, Everything falls into place,
3: and there's a little <laughs> bit of a hierarchy too in terms of how who gets what title. Like in Connecticut, <laughs> we are blessed to be theater rich, and we have Isn't a
2: blessing, Sherry. <laughs>
3: <laughs> or a curse, however you want to look at it. But um, we 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 do have a lot. So we have competition among the other presenting Broadway houses, which is the Bushnell and the Schubert. and so there is that kind of uh, hierarchical. I mean, Waterbury as a market is we're a newer market, so we. Newer fall- Market. a little bit
2: behind the Bushnell First. They're the premier market in the capital city um, with the largest subscription base, and we've talked about this yes. before. Yeah. Um, Schubert has been in existence longer than we have, um, um, and they've also kind of always been known as that kind of the opening um, of Broadway shows, so they have a legacy that goes along with that. Mm-hmm. And then we're third. And then, you know, the new um, factor is you have the casinos who are presenting Broadway theatricals. We have the Oakdale, which is um, cherry-picking Broadway theatricals as well. So if you look at the state of Connecticut, size of a postage stamp, as I always say, in the competition, 30 to 45 minutes away, we're in fact looking at who's interested in that product. Have they taken it? Are we going to get it after them? And we the nice part is Connecticut, although we share a lot, we also have very distinct marketplaces as well. Mm -hmm. Our core audience is very distinct. Hartford's and New Haven's is as well, so we can do duplicate programming a year after each other without impact to one another because we know that their core audience base is very loyal. Um, So those are a a host of the moving pieces, and then you hope that you can plot out the shows with decent titles, spaced out conveniently enough so that it's not a strain on the consumer, Mm -hmm. and the venue as well. and then you roll it out and you hope that people subscribe. <laughs>
3: <laughs> all right. So uh, on that note, to entice you to think about, gee, I, you know, I would like to see all those shows, or I'd like to support the palace, and I like those titles. Let's hear what they are for the coming Broadway season. Yeah, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to still stall for one more second. Just okay. Just to make it <laughs> No, and I think the interesting
2: part about subscription is Broadway subscription is one of the few that still remains. I mean, people are still subscribers to symphonies. They're still subscribers to opera series as well when you can find them. But it is there's a diminishing you know, um, audience space for that. Broadway still remains one of those programs that people will subscribe to and buy, I don't say want to say blindly, but they um, um, purchase a subscription with faith. Mm-hmm. Right? So they may not know the titles. They may not have seen the programming. They may know nothing um, of the show itself. But musical theater has this way of kind of saying, you know, I will subscribe. I'm going to open my door I'm open my mind to the idea that hey, this title, never heard of it, don't know if I'll like it, don't know if I like the music, the content, etc. But I will subscribe because it is, it's a whole kind of mentality. It's, it's an interesting philosophy that goes along with that. Sure.
3: I mean, if you're a theater goer, theater lover, um, you, you are looking for things that are new. And I mean, Stu, I'm sure you could speak to that too. Because as a as a critic, you're always experiencing um, some something new you haven't been exposed to. But you're a Lover,
0: right? Well, the, and and I love seeing new things. Yes. Uh, yeah, You know, it's interesting when Frank talks about we're a small state, um, and and I'm talking now with the regional theaters, the the equity theaters. But it's it's interesting the titles that come up. Uh, so, for example, this coming year, three different theaters in the state are doing cabaret, mm-hmm. and. I have to see all three. Um, (laughs) But you know, so it's interesting, uh, you know, sort of what you were talking on, how you plan and, uh, you know, a season and what you look for. You know, I I would love to have some of the regional people here to say, how do you choose this? And you know, you choose this show, but you know, Forty-five minutes away, they're doing the same show, and why they're doing it—it's right. the same type of um, input mm-hmm. that they're seeing. Yeah. But uh, but I, yeah, I love seeing new things. That's why I love going to New York. But you know, with the season, even though I don't know what's coming up for your season, I haven't <laughs> looked. Dragging this I have Last twenty minutes, but, uh, <laughs> we have no, dropped yeah, you a few. Yeah, but you know, I will say, uh, you know, I, I mean, I I love all the titles, and uh, I really enjoyed them when I saw them in New York, mm-hmm. and and um, and I think it's. It's great that a number, if not all of them, really haven't played. Mm-hmm. I think some of them haven't even played in Connecticut.
3: That's correct. It, that's so, correct. No, you know, so is, it's, yeah. we're, we're very excited right. about and that.
0: Uh, so uh, so I, anyway, I'll, I'll provide the commentary <coughs> yes, after Frank reveals. <laughs>
3: yeah. All right, Frank, uh, okay, are you so ready?
0: I am ready. And all so, right. So we're really we're really happy and proud that uh, we can announce this
2: season. And again, Sherry, you already alluded to the fact that the first one um, opens up in October. Uh <clears throat> And this is one I really, when I looked at the title, I'm like, oh my, this really screams this community. Oh, yes. Um, You know, and it is the Broadway hit musical called A Bronx Tale. And for those of you who've um, um, (laughs) uh, who've heard of it, it is based on a movie. um, It's based kind of semi-autobiographical of Chaz Palminteri's life of growing up um, in the Bronx. And when I was reading the description and became familiar with it, I'm like, I think this is town plot, but that's just me.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, I think if you loved Jersey Boys, You are going to love this show. And all of you Peter Albini fans out there, (laughs) Peter is Mm -hmm. a champion of this show. I know he loves this show. So, um, you know, I think we're going to have a fun time having this show in town.
1: I like that show. It's a fun show. I thought of Waterbury, too, when I saw it. Oh, yeah.
2: Okay. And I thought of Peter Albini when I saw it.
1: the Italian American getting a
2: bad rap <laughs> or its a musical show. I don't like Jersey Boys. But it is. Yeah. It is kind of Jersey Boys meets a little doo-woppy. It's a um I mean it has a story a al- associated with it. It is truly a story of family, um, in choices, etc. But uh, it it is one title that I think will um, present really well. So we have it for three performances in October. Uh, Stuart, I don't know if there's anything that you can share about the show that...
0: No, I I mean, when I saw it in New York, uh, I was... I didn't really know anything about it. I knew sort of the history, sort of the one-man show, then it was made into a movie, and then now it's a musical. And I I was pleasantly surprised. I mean, a lot of, like you said, doo-wop music. It's a good story. Um, You know, you have I mean, I'd sort of say a family show, even though there's some, uh,
3: um, you know, rough language. edges, yeah.
0: But you know, <laughs> but one of the stars is a young, a young boy mm-hmm. um, when he's playing the role at, at a young age, and uh, we actually had at our Connecticut Critics Awards. Uh, two years ago, I can't remember his name, but the star of the show came to perform at the, our uh, critics' uh, awards. Oh wow! Yeah, so I, I think it's it's, uh, it's a it's a, a a fun show, and like I said, it's never played Connecticut. Uh, right. So you know, I think yeah. you know I would hope that you know with the three performances. Maybe as word gets out, people from outside the comfort zone yes. might yes. drive in, right? Yes, uh, because absolutely. you know Hartford is only forty minutes away. It's not that. Far. Correct. So, you know, Absolutely. I think you could get a really good, yeah. Yeah. good audience for that. And you
3: make a good point about direction because we get people from all over the place coming from Fairfield County very strongly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, when you think about it, while Connecticut is a small state and we have a lot of venues to choose from, in terms of distance, I know when we get annoyed if we have to go more than 20 minutes <laughs> down the road, but but truly if there's something you're interested in it's easy to get to um, and it's really, you know, doesn't put you out too too badly uh, Tom, did you? Yeah, do you have
1: anything? Oh. I can add that I saw Chaz in that show, he did it like 6 or 8 weeks in yeah, New York he, yes. last summer, yes. and it was great to see him in the show because it, it's his show, but I, really, very enjoyable but a lot of fun, as you said, yeah. Stuart, a lot of fun music, the storyline is, is a very important storyline, and uh, great choreography and I thought this this has to go on the road and come to the palace that's what I said to myself and yeah, there you wow. go look at you and now and here, here, here it is
3: and, and I think it's interesting too just the evolution of a show because as you just mentioned Stu it started out as a one man show as a straight play not a musical and then you know somebody said you know what that's a great story yeah. let's put some yeah. music around it some dance choreography and um, bada bing yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there you go <laughs> you have a musical yeah. so I um, um, I'm re- excited yeah. I can't yeah. wait I didn't I- realize that Robert De
2: Niro was actually directed it yes it, 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 yeah, he uh, co-directed yeah. uh, yes yeah. so which yes. is not that he's showing up people <laughs> <laughs> so, let's be clear uh, um, but that's I think a great I, rumor though yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly hey Bobby may okay. show up yeah, how may do we show know, up, you, know? Exactly. So, you never know
3: anyway um, um, so that's number one that's in number October one. for three performances three
2: performances yep so we're excited about that and then we roll into our show in November which I will The what I was give us kind of a little prelude to this. that We have never at the Palace Theatre, and I've been asked often why we don't do plays at the theatre. And we've always done musical theatre. It's always been Broadway musical style. Um, this is the first time we're bringing a play into the market, and I'm excited about this because it is also a comedic play. A straight play might be tough, in um, you know, depending on the title. It really is one of those. But um, we are going to be presenting the play that goes wrong at, at the Palace in November. Hopefully, it goes right, but hopefully, it's, you know <laughs> ultimately, it's going wrong. Um, so we're excited about that because it is a very funny kind of spoof um, of what takes place in the theater business when you're trying to put on a show. And you know, Sherry and I live this every day, and yeah. you know, it. Goes goes wrong on occasion. So we're excited. And you keep tap dancing anyway. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, So, I mean, to see this, to see kind of the comedic level that um, is presented in the show. uh, And I think for the audience, for our audience, who's yet to kind of receive a straight play, or at least a play without music to kind of entertain them throughout, it'll be interesting to see how they respond.
0: But I'm really excited about this. It's a very, very funny play. And (laughs) and I think the palace is a great venue because it it actually, it won a Tony Award for Best Set Design. Uh ah. and I'm not going to say anything it's just that if 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 you are going to go see it just park in the back of your head it won an award for the set design and so if you have it Really crafted well, that it really envelops the whole stage, you get an even better theatrical experience because of the set. Uh, But I mean, it's very funny the wordplay, the slapstick. um, I think I was telling Sherry uh, uh, yesterday that even before the show officially starts, there's a comedic moment which is Hysterical, and I don't know why the British are so good at doing this. Um, you have you know this noise is off. Uh, one of the trivia questions I was going to give you, but I won't. Um, there was a show a couple years ago with James Corden, who won the Tony Award, called One Man, Two Governors. I was laughing so hard, I thought I was going to have a heart attack. Um, and it's like the British are great, and you know, uh, I think what a Played two years on Broadway, mm-hmm. so it, you know it it's had legs. It wasn't one of these. Oh, it plays for four months and it closes. It played for a very long time on Broadway,
2: and now it's off Broadway. They're it's re- off, opening off. Well, Broadway. I
0: didn't want to tell people oh, that. Sorry, oh, yeah, but
2: don't you don't want to see it there?
0: Yeah, That's well, it's at a small off Broadway <laughs> theater, and I think because the premises, it's a British university theatrical club, mm-hmm. so you have these sort of inept actors. Everyone is inept, and you know the palace. Not that it's inept, but you know it has that Thank old you. world flavor. <laughs> yeah, to it. Yes. So it I think it fits so nicely. You know, yes. it's not a, a like a new facility. It, it sort of lends itself to the premise of where the show takes place
3: I'm excited I know a lot of um, people in uh, local theater have been talking um, at least in our place Mm -hmm. that do I should say that do local theater and they said oh my god I'm you know that's a great show or so and so saw and you know loved it so it is um, I think going to have a built in audience Mm -hmm. just from that community in addition to of course the people who are, are loyal subscribers
0: and for me it's, it's one of those shows you can see over and over mm-hmm. even though you know the gags it's funny so if you if you saw it on Broadway you're like eh, I already saw it I mean you know because you're going to have like a year maybe two years of, it's funny all over again
3: well, that's funny you say that about seeing a show more than once because I think the next show we're going to talk about is one of those shows you just fall in love with. I know I did, and I know Frank has. Um, and you do. You just—it's just one one of those titles. So, Frank. Well, um, it's
2: funny you say that um, only because of the fact that you know I've been at the theater for 15 years. You, some people call me um, the impresario. I refer to myself as the master of the house, and they'll will because <laughs> um, it's, um, and I do, um, only because we're going to be, And yeah.
3: Because
2: <laughs> we're going to be bringing, and, um, and it's been 15 years since we brought it back. So this would be a return yes. for us, but we brought it back. We, um, we had it in 0506, um, 06, but that was a different production. This is a newer, bigger, I would say, better and a little bit darker production of Les Miserables. <gasps> and this is I will tell you, one of my all time favorites. I can, if there is an understudy need for the show I'm on it people. <laughs> He's, He's always it.
3: humming yeah. these songs Seriously. in the office. Yeah. Always. Yeah.
2: You can, um, you know it whether Cosette or Javert or Jean Valjean, uh, <laughs> I can pull I can pull off any one of them. I'm the I could do Les Mis, the one man show. Uh, <laughs> hey, that <laughs> I, I, might
3: be a new no, off-Broadway
1: yeah. I've heard Frank sing <laughs> oh, so no, you're saying no.
3: Oh, wait saying? a minute. So it's gonna be a, the, the one Ken man show without that. music. <laughs> oh, he could lip sync. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Well, okay. Now, Tom, you burst my bubble.
3: <laughs> That's a little inside joke, yeah, folks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so
2: no. So we're excited in December, early part of December. Perfect for right after um, Thanksgiving. Uh, eight. It's a full week performance. Eight performances um, of Les Misérables is going to be taking at the Palace, and I saw this production in um, Providence, and I've seen. A number of iterations of the show. I've watched the Masterpiece Theatre concert version. The family watched the movie together series. We were the weirdos, um, but it's it is a great production, and, and they've changed it enough where there's a little bit more character development. It felt a little bit darker, but you really felt the connection to it, and it was one, I mean, I I can't say enough about this show. It's my favorite. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and, and, and an interesting side note, this production has incorporated the um, uh, art of uh, Victor Hugo. He has done some um, uh, art. He had done art. He had been an artist as well. And so the scenic designer... Incorporated some of his actual artwork into this production, which I think that's that's interesting. Um, so there are little nuances, mm-hmm. things that the purists who have seen it over and over will totally notice. Right. Um, of course, the the story is um, the story, and if there was ever a show that lifts the human spirit and and really gives you that sense of. Joy, Like, together we can make a difference. This is that show. In today's world, we need a little redemption, and I think this show screams absolutely, to that right now. Absolutely, absolutely. When
0: you hear people on interviews, or you read about people, that a lot of people cite this show as like, this was my first theatrical experience, or this show, and, you know, like you're saying, it's been 15 years. Well, that's a whole generation. <laughs> you know, so people that didn't see it, or, you know, their grandkids were two or three, and now maybe they're 15. They're, you know, this is a perfect show. Um, To introduce them because of the score, because of the epic nature of it, it really gives you that great um, experience of being in the musical theater. You know, in addition to, I think, some of the other titles, they all have
3: that. We, are, we are, have two minutes before we go to news, and we want to talk a, a little bit more about Lame Miz. It's going to be here for a week.
2: A, a week. And I think I'm, I'm excited also to announce the fact that we're offering, um, Stuart, to your point, a school-based matinee. Oh, we're doing a, a, a Wednesday matinee on December 4th. Um, we're hoping that school kids, as well as um, individuals who want to see a weekday matinee, and we've had um, a huge success with that in the past, will come, study guides will be provided. We want to create this as an educational opportunity, not just for the drama kids, but for the kids um, who are learning world history, oh, yes. uh, liter- uh, from literature um, perspective as well. It's one of those pieces that really does connect, and the ability to connect a curriculum is quite simple and well provided.
0: Is that for college students? too or it, just it could be for color okay. students all right we'll talk yeah okay yeah, yeah. we will okay. talk we will okay. talk
3: and just the fact that what what young people are seeing and, and feeling about what's going on in the world today this is going to really speak to them this show um because it it It's interesting how theater can um, be originated in one time period and talk about a different time period and yet be relevant for the person that's seeing it. That's amazing. Well, just
0: as a quick aside, was it last week or so I went to see the new production of Fiddler, which is in Yiddish. And, you know, looking at that, I mean, first of all, it's a whole different Fiddler experience, even if you've seen it a million times. But just what you said, you're watching this and... Just what is going on in the world today? You really feel while you're watching that show.
3: We um, we have the news coming up in about about 25 seconds, so um, we don't want to get into a whole new. Topic. I can say a lot in 25 seconds, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, but I, I I if you're listening and you know you know someone in education or you know someone even in a senior center, you know, get let's get in touch. And we're going to come up right now with our news, and we'll be back in and I was young and unafraid And for those of you who might have been living under a rock for the last 30 years, that was Frank Tavera singing "I dream, a dream <laughs>
2: It took a while to get my morning voice, but yeah, I think I pulled that off. And Anne Hathaway owes me so which. <laughs>
3: and that was the movie, the movie Miss, from the exactly. movie Lay Miz. We're presenting yeah. a one-week engagement of the theatrical production Lay yeah, That is, I that will not court. be
2: singing that song yeah. but, in my office, perhaps. But.
3: And, and while we were um, <clears throat> you know, talking, we were talking about the fact, the physicality of the theater, the palace, and how it lends itself so beautifully to so many productions because uh, some of the shows, of course, have a time period, mm-hmm. sense to them. And when you think about that, the, the palace has that beautiful, and if you haven't been to our palace, you must come just to see the grandeur of the, the space. It is magnificent.
2: And I, I have to say, going back uh, what, almost a year and a half now. That's how I felt, why I felt so strongly about Phantom being in our building. Um, Because with Phantom in the building, it's time and place, you know, the Paris Opera House, our building, the aesthetic, it really was the appropriate um, place um, to see that um, uh, performance. And so I look at something like a Les Mis too, which also is very grand um, and kind of takes place uh, within a kind of, you know, an older period. You know, it, it welcomes itself to that space, so we're really happy that we not only have the footprint, because it's large enough to accommodate it, they won't have to leave some things on the truck. Sometimes, some performances, if a stage house is too small, they leave set pieces on the truck. You never see them. You're like, where was that piece? Like, oh, it's still on the truck because <laughs> it doesn't fit. We have the luxury not only of depth um, of the stage house but height as well to bring everything in so you'll always see kind of the, the maximum. Um, so it's, the venue, it really kind of lends itself to that and the productions, I think, so far um, do so as well.
3: And the next one that you're going to talk about, um, also, same thing. It's a period, it's a time period and it's a, and you know you can see a show and you go for the show you go for the title we know that but when you also have that and you're enveloped by a certain space and experience that just makes it all the better i mean it heightens things
0: that's true i mean i'm, I'm looking at you know at the titles and and i think at least half of them that the venue Really plays to the strengths yes. for the show. Yes. That even before anything starts, right. you sort of get wrapped into the mood of this is what's going to happen. Um, you know, with Les Mis and with the Ooh, oh, don't want to reveal the next yeah, yeah. show, <laughs> but you know, it, it, it really does. But that even as you mentioned
3: to... the play that goes wrong, And same that sense of old timiness, right? And um, so, yep. and Frank? even
0: and oh. even one of the other shows which you're going to talk about, which is not old, but with the space yes. and space yes. for this other show is incredibly important for movement on stage.
3: Yes, yes. So, so Frank, what's our fourth? Okay, title? The, the fourth coming season. in April, right? <laughs> coming in March, Sherry. Oh, March. Oh, oh <laughs> sorry. Yes, Whoops. okay. I was thinking so, of something. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> no,
2: so coming in March, um, we have a show, and I will be honest about this. I haven't seen the show myself. Have only heard wonderful things, and Sherry, you are one of the bigger advocates of this. So, um, I have to tell you. So, in March, we have the kind of finding never. Land kind of the backstory of Peter Pan, and you
3: loved that show
2: after you saw it. I
3: did. I it 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 just again when when I see theater and Stu, you and I were talking about this yesterday. I want to be moved by the story. I'm not so much about. you know, zany crazy. But I love to like have my emotions touched in a way. And this this show did that for me. And that's why we're bringing it just for you. <laughs> Thank you, Frank. What a great gift. Yeah. Boy, exactly. you're a terrific yeah. boss.
0: No raise yeah. this year. No, but you get, this <laughs> but you, get, you get
3: Oh well there's yeah. that.
0: <laughs> no, I, I I agree that it is it's a, a really moving story and it's a fun story. Mm-hmm. And it's yes. it's a good story to bring the family to because exactly. you have yes. You know the kids. I mean, the kids are a central part of um, finding Neverland. It is, and Uh,
2: I'm not to interrupt, sorry, but but it is true, kind of like the the precursor to Peter Pan or the backstory to Peter Pan. I always say, yes, almost uh, both. Okay,
0: yes, yeah, because it's it's really it it focuses on J.M. Barry and sort of his life, which I didn't know until I saw it. But he was a very successful. Playwright, Mm -hmm. yes, and then he was having an issue. You know, what am I going to write next? And then sort of leads up to Mm -hmm. Peter Pan, and then everything. uh, But sort of the backstory with the producer and his interaction with kids Uh, and yes.
3: But what's nice to it kind of um, it doesn't tie up the loose ends from the ending of Peter Pan, but it. Continues to have you think in that mystical kind of way, and I just loved you that love about that, it. it. Yes, I did. I did. I did. Yeah.
0: And it has a it has a good score. It has a, yes, I, and I can't does. remember the, the the composers, but they, uh, I think they were, a lot of uh, pop. They've written a lot of pop yep. songs in in England, yes. so you know this wasn't some these unknowns. So there's uh, a lot of good. Good music and good roles. You know, there's uh, the the and Barry, there's uh, the producer, there's the woman. You know, so they're very strong characters to go along with the story. Yeah,
3: yeah it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful show. I really, I, I just, as I said, loved it. Yeah. Are we going to hear some music now from Finding Neverland? You, are you asking me to sing? <laughs> <laughs> no, Frank, we're not. <laughs>
2: There's a moment you've been waiting all your life for When you find the very reason you're alive for And it happens when you seem to least expect it All at once you come alive and feel connected
1: this is WHR Waterbury. It's nine seventeen. That's a little bit of the music from Finding Neverland. And your palace, your place will return in
3: 90 seconds. Back with uh, Frank Tavera and Stuart Brown, who are, are um, a part of our team this morning. I don't even want to call them guests because, you know, they're part of the team. So anyway, and Stuart um, b- has prepared some trivia questions based on some of our sh- shows. And I thought we'd um, just kind of in studio play along. Now, I can't play with f- this first question because we did it offline and I know <laughs> the answers. Okay. I actually guessed too. So. Can I ask you a
1: question first? Yes. Tell us, in case we just tuned in, what, what we're shows talking about. Oh, so good far?
3: point. Well, yes. if you just tuned in, we're talking about the Palace Theater in Waterbury and our upcoming Broadway series. And um, to kick off in October, we have A Bronx Tale. If you're a lover of Jersey Boys, you're going to love this story. Um, the play that went wrong, hilarious, slapstick, spoof kind of a play. So first time we're doing a play and we're very excited about that and a week-long engagement of the classic and new production of Les Miserables. New production, bigger, even better than previous. And we were just talking about Finding Neverland, the musical. And we have a question about uh, the Peter Pan um, Okay. So here's
0: here's a a quick trivia question. Um, We all know that Mary Martin made Mm -hmm. sort of a a big name with other shows, but with her mark on Peter Pan, both on Broadway and TV. Give me the names, and there have been a number of actresses that have played Peter Pan throughout the years. Name at least two other actresses that have played the role on Broadway not TV not tours not London on the Broadway stage two other actresses and, I've got two and
3: I just okay. want to tell you I knew two yeah, of okay. them so just
1: well I have Sandy Duncan Sandy Duncan and yeah. and I have uh, the I have Olympic uh, R- yes, I have Kathy, Kathy Rigby. Rigby
0: yes so those are the easy ones yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's all I got and those so, are so the ones I can so the others uh, Maude Adams in the turn of the century really? Marilyn, Marilyn Miller <laughs> in early uh 20s Eva Le Gellian, Le Gellian. uh yes. 1928, Gene Arthur in 1950, and I believe Boris Karloff <laughs> played um, Captain Hook oh, in I that mean, production. I mean, oh, I can um, picture and that. And then Sandy Duncan and Kathy Rigby.
3: So. Right. Do we oh, win a prize?
0: We, yeah, we get nothing. And,
3: okay. and Stewart is just like an encyclopedia of Broadway facts, and he's also uh, a legitimate theater critic, goes into New York like weekly to review. So for and, the outer critics, the inner Inner critics, inner crit- <laughs> the innies, the outies, your inner child. No. So, I,
0: let me. I'm just going to do a quick plug for myself.
3: Yes, I so
0: w- um, this week I uh, have unveiled a 24 7 online Broadway music radio station. Oh, so it's called soundsofbroadway.com. So, it plays 24 hours, seven days a week, 365. So, you get to hear my golden voice. I curate <laughs> the songs, There are different. Topics like we do overtures, an overture show, Forbidden Broadway. Um, there's requests you can make. So sounds of awesome. Broadway, yeah. all and it's it has hundreds and hundreds. I think I'm up to 400 cast albums, over 3,000 songs. So other online. Broadway stations have a very, very narrow list.
3: I have shows that you have never heard of but have great music. And you've been doing a, a show for the last 20, 25 years, years so, yeah. so called On Broadway. So when I say this guy's an authority, um, he really is. So thank you for always being a part oh,
0: of our oh, you know. shenanigans <laughs> here. you know, I never turn down an invitation.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so now we have two shows left, Frank, and then we want to share some other information. So, ooh, Hit it.
2: Okay, so we have two shows left. One I can announce, and one is to be announced. So I'll get that out of the way. We're still working on one. I'm trying to make sure the dates and, um, and timing works um, as well. It will be part of the subscription package, so stay tuned. But the last show and the last title that we have announced is happening in April um, as well. It is, I remember this from the movie from the movie day. Yes. I was a freshman in college at UConn, and this was part of our film class, and we had to watch it. And I loved the movie. I thought the movie was fantastic. Um, and then to see it to kind of translate onto the stage performance even better better broad and sweeping and choreography um, um, to die for. So we have American and in Paris coming to the palace um, in April, which is really exciting, because Stuart, you mentioned size of our stage. I mean, you really need that depth
0: to watch it kind of all take place. So I was telling Sherry that I am not a standing ovation person. I will not, I mean, everyone else in the theater stand. I do not stand, because for (laughs) me, standing ovation is like, once in a general, once every ten years. I mean, it has to be so special. At the end of An *American in Paris*, not only did I stand, were you the only one standing at that? Oh break? no, ever okay. you don't. Know. <laughs> I, I was almost crying at the end of the dance sequence, and I—I I mean, I love dance, but I'm more of the uh, tap dance, yeah. big razzmatazz. I'm not, you know, like the jazz dancing, modern. I, I was so incredibly moved by these two dancers. I mean, yeah. almost a bare stage, abstract um, sets. It, it was just so incredible, yeah. and um, and then you have the Gershwin score, and it yeah. is it is truly a, a probably one of my favorite shows over the last 10 years. Wow. Yeah, I, I was just, it was just and incredible. And I've seen
3: the show as well and I, and for me, I saw Finding Neverland and An American in Paris on the same day. So the matinee in the evening.
0: So now we know why they're on the series. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's how, and that's how we book them. And,
3: and I love dance. I love, and that, you are so right. It just, uh, it took your breath away. The, um, the woman I saw in, in the lead, she was just breathtaking and and that it's it is it's sweeping it's uh, the scenic design all of it and that music and that I mean that's that one number is so powerful and um, worth the price of yeah. your ticket really yeah. and, I mean, and, and
0: again like what Frank said you need to have. The size of the stage because you have these two dancers and they are you know they're dancing they're lifting they're this and if it was a small space you just would not get the The same feeling the same feeling and here so I'm really looking forward to to seeing it you know at that venue yeah
3: yeah
2: so we're uh, so we're we're excited about the whole season as I mentioned we have one more to be announced we're calling this Dream a Dream season just because of the I think the tie-ins are so um it's a dream season it is a dream season and Um, we
3: and American Paris, by the way, it's April in Paris. Did you realize that? I didn't know that. Uh, Coincidence? Uh,
2: um, So no, so we're very excited about this. Materials will be going out to our subscribers shortly. We're making this announcement um, um, just because we wanted the general public to know. Uh, If you're interested, you need to call the box office at 203-346-2000. They'll be able to at least get you, take down your information. So More details to come, but we're really happy about um, this coming season. And we still have a season to complete, dear Lord. We
3: do. We We have that um, oh boy uh, hilarity of Book of Mormon coming in two we- two and a half weeks April 9th through the 14th and um, and we just unrolled something exciting yesterday in terms of kind of a pricing availability oh, yeah, yeah
2: but, uh, you know Book of Mormon is very prescribed in what they do and so um, they have traditionally done offered because they want to see younger audience make a, a ticket price affordable I think there's a $29 ticket now there is limited, there is. limited yeah. Um, performance dates limited locations but for $29 to see the quality of production of the Book of Mormon um, and uh, you know, and see kind of the, the grandeur of that show as well um, we'd encourage everyone to call that box office
3: if you like to that. laugh yeah. if you like to laugh then you will like this show yeah, exactly
0: <laughs> well even if, if you just sort of as an experiment I mean we're in today's age I mean even community theater you can't pay $29. No, I mean, no, no, so you, this no. is, you know, a, I mean, a, a great venue, you know, a show that uh, Ben Brantley it was of course it was 2001 said, "Oh, the best show of the 20th century" or something. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I mean, you can't beat the price. I mean, movies are almost twenty nine dollars now. Yeah, that's true. That's true.
3: Let's do a quick recap for those who might be just tuning in of what the shows are. Okay. So, um, Frank. Okay. No, absolutely. I give Frank all the accolades and credit because he is the one that brings these shows to us. So. Good. Good that's, that's if you like the
2: titles. If you don't like the titles, then they were Sherry's fault. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <Okay>. so, <laughs> if that's fair. Uh, so we're we're excited. Right now we're announcing five of our six shows for next season. Um, starting in October, we have A Bronx Tale, the, um, the Broadway hit musical. We have The Play That Goes Wrong that's going to be taking place for three performances in November. Couldn't be more excited about that. And my favorite of all times, um, Les Mis, for a full week. Eight performances. Inclusive of a student and senior matinee, so that's um, a real great opportunity to um, to come see this, you know this you know acclaimed performance, Finding Neverland, bringing you back to those Peter Pan days and Sherry's favorite, in um, American um, that's happening in March, in an American in Paris in April. That's five of the six. One more to be announced. It'll be a nice compliment to the season. Details to follow. Um, we're really pleased with the way things are moving. So couldn't, um, couldn't be more excited to um, everyone kind of call the box office and get their tickets today.
3: And look for I think if you're Already a subscriber. Frank's got a personal message coming your oh, way.
2: I do. I do. <laughs> yeah,
3: maybe in your mailbox by the end so, of the day. <laughs> um, and, you know, Frank's witticism will be, oh, oh, <laughs> will definitely be evident. Absolutely. So you're always fun to be I with. Am Frank Tavera, fun to be the with. CEO of the Palace <laughs> Theater <True. laughs> in Waterbury. Um, you, um, if you haven't been, we invite you to come. 2,600 seat, beautiful, beautiful, beautifully restored theater. You, You will be blown away. And Stuart Brown, my pal. Uh, always so fun to be with you and we we didn't get all your questions but well I, I'll I'll
0: file the questions for, you know, once the season starts. Okay. So that's and perfect. I'll come up with some e- some more, too.
3: That's perfect. And if you've been listening and saying, okay, I'm interested, where am I going to find out more information? 203-346-2000 is our box office, which opens at 10 a.m. And go to Palace Theater, Uh We'll have something up very soon about the new season. And you can uh, find out details about subscribing. It's been my pleasure to host your Palace, Your Place. And we'll be here next week, again, in our regular time and we have a guest coming from, that'll be, uh, I'll be interviewing from Book of Mormon. So um, this has been Sherry Marcucci for Your Palace, Your Place. And stay tuned for my wonderful, wonderful friend, Barbara Davitt with Coffee Break coming up after the news? No, no. coming right up. Wow. After, coming up. After you're done talking. <laughs> Entertaining new possibilities.
2: The Palace Theater, your palace, your place.
0: Waterberry Palace, your palace, your place. Waterberry Palace, the earth, your palace, your place.